take that right there. Thank you, choir Terry, our wonderful orchestra and praise band and soloist. What a treat when God, listen, all good ability, talents, gifts come from God. So he gets the glory, doesn't he? We're blessed when people have a discipline to use it and to bring blessing to us. Thank you. Good to see you. I haven't seen you since summer, three days ago. But I like the fact that we have, um, you know, some people can't decide which season that they like the best. So God gave us all four in one week, didn't he? It's amazing, but it's all right. They're all good. If you're here, able to worship with us today, it's a blessing. Thank you for worshiping with us today. A word today about prayer and God hearing from us and us hearing from God. I know someone knows something about hearing. He had a little bit of a hearing problem. His name was Bubba. So he did, well, you knew that. Come but anyway, he had a hearing and went to decide I'm going to research and get the best hearing aid I can possibly buy. So he scours and looks and finds this hearing aid and it cost him six thousand dollars or to make it sound like even more like to do with the car car auctions six thousand dollars right oh my well there he is he's got it he's walking in town saying hi to everybody and hearing things sees his friend cletus 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 you ain't gonna believe it i bought the best hearing aid in the whole world i can hear things now like i never could before i can't believe i got this thing it cost me $6,000. Really, Bubba? You paid $6,000 for that? That thing must really be good. What kind is it? Two thirty. <laughs> it is bad, but it's cute. It's bad, but cute. It's a user. All right. Why is that? Because I'm talking about hearing from God. And we don't have to have physical hearing aids to hear from God. We need to be hearing with our heart, and he needs to be hearing our heart, except there's some hindrances to prayer. Hindrances to prayer. Last week as we talked and discussed the dynamic of Jesus teaching about prayer with asking and seeking and knocking, we talked about a lot of dynamics. Some of the dynamics we talked about with the fact that this is not just a carte blanche, ask, seek, and knock, annoy God enough and you'll get what you want, like a little child that may be annoying their parent in the checkout line. Mama, can I have that gun? Mama, can I have that gun? Mama, can I have that gun? No, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. No, no, no. Finally, you get to that point where you say that parent needs a spanking. Because they don't know what. But anyway, it's not the annoyance of God. It is, first of all, the asking, learning to go to Father, go to Him. It's the seeking, it's putting action, seeking, putting action to that asking. And then the knocking, the persistence, all of it showing our sincerity in that prayer. But today, what we're looking at is roadblocks to our prayers. Roadblocks. Many of you have been on different roads before. And have seen them blocked off. Even most recently, with some of the uh, ice we had and some of the snow and some of the wind, some roads get blocked off and they put up some cones and mark it so well so you don't go down that road, or maybe not. I know I was leaving one day from here and uh, having to call the service because there was looked like more ice was coming, and I 
had to go through three detours to get myself home. And so there are roadblocks in life, but we can get around most of those. Roadblocks to prayer are very significant. And today we're just going to look at five, so this is not exhaustive, but if you're listening carefully today to the Holy Spirit of God in your life, He will speak truth into your heart regarding, is there a roadblock in your life that's hindering your prayer? And so today, roadblocks to our prayer. First of all, God does use prayer in our life, but it's different than what we think. He uses prayer to bring our request in line with His will. And you see, when you begin to pray differently and begin to understand prayer differently as opposed to just to give me, give me, give me, but bringing God, bringing our request in line with His will, it begins to change how we do pray. The first thing we want to talk about is, first of all, as a hindrance to prayer, we'll talk about five matters five matters having to do with roadblocks to prayer. The first one is a matter of wills. In 1 John 5.14, the Word of God says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything, what are the next four words? According to His will, He will hear us. The first thing that has to happen among selfish humanity that want our way, our thing, and we learn how to do it even as children, even if you didn't bug your parent going through a checkout line because they taught you not to do that. You still wanted it. Might have been sitting there. Daddy, your mom won't let me have that. And you may not be saying, but thinking it in your brain. We're born selfish. We're born sinners. And we want what we want, and we want it mostly now. Now, for some of you that were born uh, after I call it, divide time and space into two eras, two epochs of time. From the beginning of time up to the microwave oven, and then after that. That kind of divides all that. If you were born after that, you see, we had to learn to wait on things, didn't we? Getting cooked. Dinner ready? No, not ready yet. We have to heat that up. You had to get out a pan, pour it, whatever you were doing. Now it's zap. And then to make it even worse, there's a clock on it. You know, tick, tick, 14 seconds, 13 seconds. Well, come on. I've got things to do. I've got to get back to my rerun I've seen 14 times. And, and so we can become very self-absorbed, can't we? We can become self-absorbed thinking it's all about us, but Jesus lays it out. And the Word of God lays it out for us very quickly. We have to approach according to His will. Bring up the next scripture if you would. Jesus prays this beautiful prayer in Matthew 26, 39. Going a little farther, he fell to his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Now think about what Jesus was praying. He was not ready to get it to go to his, not his favorite health club. God, let this pass for me. I like this other one better. He's getting ready to get betrayed, flogged, beaten, and nailed to a cross. And he's saying, let this end. almost forgot. Have all the sins of the world, like the world's largest garbage truck, poured upon him and suffer our hell. And he did that. So what does he pray? If you and I are praying something just would require a little bit of pain, we probably say, let this be taken from me, and not yet, not as I will. And that's an important part. 
Because you see, it's in suffering we get to learn something about the nature of God. God's a suffering God, isn't he? To not know suffering is not to know God as well. And so, some of you have heard of a person called uh, Johnny Erickson. How many have ever heard of this? Johnny Erickson taught it now, but how many have ever heard of her? If you haven't, some of the folks right here in our college, in our high school group, can relate in some ways to her in this way. When she was 17 years old, I heard her give her testimony. When she was 17, she prayed, God, I pray that there'd be some type of thing in my life that is so real, that, 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 that just draws me to you. And prayed a prayer along that effect. And it was a couple of weeks later that she suffered a, an awful blow as far as an accident, became a paraplegic. She's paralyzed from her neck down, 17. Anyone here 17 wanting that to happen? I mean, it's just... And there are times in life, as she talks about it, she explains it, that she's thought back to that prayer. She wanted God to do something that just brought her to Him. That was so inexplicably God that she would know it. And listen, God's used her. Today in this room, I asked you, how many have ever heard of her? This accident happened probably, I don't know, 45, 50 years ago. I don't remember exactly. A long time ago. She's gone around the world giving her testimony so many times. She is Johnny Erickson Tata now. She is married. Had a tremendous testimony. Still does. On the radio television. But she wanted something from the bottom of her heart. She wanted to know God and know God in such a way that be something inexplicable that showed God was there, an encounter with God. Wow. And I'm sure people looked at it and said, where's your God? You're only 17. Your whole life in front of you, where's your God? say to you today that a lot of years have passed and all of us will leave this earth one day. Do you think, according to her own opinion, that her life has been a waste? No. God's used it in a powerful, powerful way. Touched countless thousands, perhaps millions of people. And by the way, if you're joining us on our simulcast today, thank you. Pray that God blesses you with that as we're here back at winter at Lawndale Baptist Church. In North Carolina. Praying as a matter of God's will. So if you want to take a roadblock out of your life, it's always praying for God's will. And you see that sometimes it makes us quite vulnerable, doesn't it? God, I love that girl. I love that guy. God, I want that job. I want that promotion. I want this house. I want that. Whatever it is. There's so many things that come up. God says, pray for my will. I know what's best. I've been in every one of your tomorrows, period. And today you're you're worrying about was yesterday's tomorrow. So why? I've got before me today a photograph. Uh, it's, It's quite unique. I love looking at it. It's a man by the name of Buzz Aldrin. How many have ever heard of Buzz Aldrin? Most everybody here, right? Um... Some of you, some of you were alive when this happened. 
This is a photo of Buzz Aldrin standing on the moon next to the American flag. And this, there's a stamp, a postage stamp that goes along with this first day of issue, Aldrin salutes flag. And it's great to have that. By the way, people say, how much were stamps back then in 1969? Ten cents. <laughs> Just so you know, ten cents. And a lot of people know that the first person to step on the moon was Neil Armstrong, right. And, but the person that planted the flag on the moon was Buzz Aldrin. That's who had the privilege of doing that. There is method to this madness. Stay with me. A matter of belief. Roadblocks and prayer, of course, are connected to God's will, but it's also a matter of belief. It says in James 1, verses 6 and 7, But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. The man should not think he'll receive anything from the Lord. That man shouldn't think that. Because we're supposed to have faith and belief in who God is. Not belief in just a good feeling, positive thinking. We have belief in a true and living God. Now, what is belief? What is faith? The Bible helps define it for us. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Did you know in the Greek language, impossible means impossible? That's right. Same thing. You got it, right? Hebrews 11.6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists. It's fundamental. And it's so elemental that God says you must believe that. You've got, first of all, believe that. And that He rewards those who earnestly seek their own will and get what they want. Is that what it says? Give a resounding no so those in the simulcast will hear. Is that what it says? No. It says, and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Talks about His will. And talks about having belief in Him. You must believe that He exists. Now what that presupposes, if you believe God exists, and you look at Genesis 1, 1, it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and you begin to look around and ask yourself, how much of this could I have constructed realistically? Right? I have perfect nothingness of space. I think I'll make an earth. How much of it could you have construct it. Acre? Two acres? Could you sustain life, trees, flowers, birds, human life on it? When you begin to think by the very nature of that fact that God exists, it's so overwhelming that when we spend some time and do what God says in prayer, prosuke, pray a prayer of adoration as the Word of God tells us to do and begin to meditate on how powerful, how wonderful, how omniscient and omnipotent that God is. It does help change our prayer life. We can pray and pray with real belief and real faith because the one that has seen it and created it, the one that loves us more than we love ourselves, is watching over us and he knows what is best. A roadblock to our prayers is lifting up a half-baked prayer that has no faith or belief in it. And sometimes, even though we don't mean to do that to God, we can get so regulated by the regular prayer that we forget to pray in our, talking about our closet prayers, our prayers that we pray when we're just alone with God, we can pray the same type of mundane thing. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some things that need to be repeated. 
But if there's never a challenge to me or you in our prayers, God, I give you my life today. I realize there's probably things that will happen today that will disappoint me in my class or a professor or a person or something in life, whatever it is. And God, but I give my life to you today. God, use that. Let me go through and learn to love you not only in your victories but also in your suffering because sometimes that is God's will for us. We don't like it, but it's God's will. Sometimes it's a matter of pride. Pride is a hindrance, a roadblock to prayer. In Daniel 4.37, by the way, this is the king of Babylon. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. How did he learn that? Mm-hmm. Did he learn that by getting everything he wanted? Because he had everything he wanted. He's the most powerful person on the face of the earth. Now, how he learned it? God said, you're going to go be with the animals and live like an animal. You're going to have the dew fall on your back. You're going to be out there as from your great throne and all the comfort and food you want. You're going to eat like animals eat. And when God gets through with Nebuchadnezzar, there's what he says. And those who walk in pride, he's able to humble. Do you believe it? Yeah. Sometimes the very thing we may not like in a person may be the very thing that comes back that afflicts us. So what do we complain about? Because we have to be careful that that very thing that we find so bothering about someone else may be the very thing that we get afflicted with. He had a pride issue. God said, I'll humble you. Do you think God can humble people? The Word of God tells us in Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before what? And it doesn't qualify it. It doesn't say how much pride, how little pride. doesn't matter if you're a student. doesn't matter if you're a senior adult. It says pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. God said that. It's for his message for me and for you. Listen, prayer doesn't necessarily change things for me. But real prayer, but real prayer changes me for things. When God says he wants us to have an attitude of humility when we come before him, when he wants us to ask for his will, when God says, I want you to come believing, he's looking to change me and looking to change you. By the way, there's some statistics about that. Apollo project, as it's called, to put a man on the moon. didn't start with President Kennedy, although he really pushed it for the end of the decade. started with President Eisenhower. And from 1969, July 20th, when we stepped on the moon, until December of 1972, there were six space flights to the moon. Pretty amazing. When a lot of nations couldn't even build a car then. They were actually doing that. And I don't mean that pridefully. I say, wow, look at the mind God made to do that. And they say that cars from even years ago, 12, 15 years ago, had more computer technology in them than the whole lunar module project, all of that. Isn't that amazing? Would you go up in something like that? I wouldn't, but they did. All right. A matter of forgiveness. 
Matthew 6, 14 and 15 says this. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. How straightforward is that? Who's speaking here? Thank you, Jesus. It's Matthew. Jesus is speaking here. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. You know how Jesus qualifies that and what he says about that? You see, if you're truly forgiven, you learn how to be a forgiver. Now, you may not be necessarily grabbing hold of that now because maybe you have been hurt so much you can't forgive yet. Don't want to forgive yet. Refuse to forgive. But that's what Jesus says. Jesus says you have to learn to do that. If you haven't been hurt in life yet, it'll come. And most humanity doesn't know what it's like when Jesus said the words, he was crushed for our iniquities. But some people in here know what it's like to be crushed. And what does it do for your prayer life? To understand Jesus, when you said you were crushed, I get that more. You're not talking about the cross and the flying. You're talking about being crushed so hard inside that you don't even want to live and stand up. It crushes you. It takes you to the ground. To know God is to know God that suffers. Want to hinder your prayer life? Have an unforgiving spirit. That'll hinder it right there. Because it shows a lack of belief in who God is and what he has done. God wants his people to be forgiving people. And he uses prayer to bring our request in line with his will. Prayer doesn't necessarily change things for me, but it changes me for things. In the course of your life, whether you're Johnny Erickson or the countless testimonies over the years where God has used something to change a person, to give greater insight, we wouldn't learn some of that by some of the prayers that we would pray because I don't know of anyone praying for suffering. Anyone here wake up and say, I'd like to pray for suffering today. I don't think anyone did. But when we give God permission and pray in his will and pray in belief and pray and take pride out of the equation and pray with a forgiving heart, God may say, I'll receive some really unbelievable glory that's due my name through you as a vessel if you will allow it to happen. And you see, only God can make something beautiful out of something that looks like it's really ugly. And Johnny Erickson wouldn't change a thing how God has used her life. And by the way, if you ever wondered how many people have ever walked on the moon during those six missions there, a couple didn't make it, had to come back, 12 people have walked on the moon. Just in case you're watching Jeopardy and you want to look really smart and they ask that you can get... It's 12, right? And if you want to look even more smart, I always wondered, so I looked it up. How many pounds of moon rock and soil did they bring back? Don't look it up. Because I'll tell you, how many pounds did they bring back? Now, you already know that space on this thing is not like in one of these... As pathetic it is on some of the flights now, they pretty soon your cargo bags will be the size of a, a man's wallet. Sorry if you have to put that in the, underneath the plane. It's unbelievable how small they're making, isn't it? And then they charge you for it. 
what? That's seven pounds. That's $300. But your ticket's only $19, right? There's not much space on those capsules. That's why they put some of the things on there in microfilm, these little tiny. You know how much they brought back on those trips that came back from the moon? 842 pounds. Would you ever have thought that? 842 pounds. Wow. Now, still, that's some pretty expensive dirt, isn't it? That's pretty expensive dirt, because I'll tell you the cost of the program in just a minute. So what does God want? He wants us, first of all, as far as hindrances to prayer, get our will out of the way. Come to Him in belief. Get pride out of the way. Have a forgiving heart. And get sin out of your life. It's a matter of sin. In Psalm 66, 18, it says, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Now listen, every person in this room has sinned. I'm not talking about before the new Jesus. I'm talking about probably this morning. If you got up and have some kids that didn't want to cooperate with you, right? You may have thought the wrong thing, said the wrong thing, whatever. I'm not talking about that. You see what the Word of God says? We can dissect this some. If I had cherished sin in my heart... You see, what you love uh, is something you want to protect. That's why if you ever go to banks and you see there's a room with a door on, they have all these little boxes in it with numbers. They're called safety deposit boxes. People put a lot of things in there to protect them. You know what I'm talking about? Or in your home you may have something, or there's a hidden place where you keep something valuable. What the Word of God is saying, if I had cherished it in my heart, if I found a place in my heart where I hid away this thing that no one else would see. No one would see it, but I, God, you would know it, but you're okay with it, I guess. No, he's not. If I cherished it and kept it there for my own enjoyment to take it out when I want to take it out and enjoy, it says the Lord would not have listened. Because what we say when we do that is, my sin and my like of this is greater than you, God. It's greater than you, so I'm going to keep it there. And I'll have my own victory. And I've got the other 94% right, but I'm not going to get this one right because I like it. And one day I'll give it up. Friend, today's the day. Today is the day to get real with God and say, God, this is a matter of sin in my life. Look what Isaiah says. In Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear, what? Too dull to hear. Unlike Bubba, right? But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. The problem with Israel and Judah, they knew the truth. They heard the truth, but they didn't accept the truth. They thought hearing was the same or knowing it was the same as not practicing it. They didn't practice the truth. So, what does God want? He uses our prayers to bring our requests into line with His will. The Apollo program, from the very start, when President Eisenhower started this, to the end of the program, and and from the 50s, mid-50s, into the mid-70s. The cost of it will sound relatively inexpensive in today's money, it was $25.4 billion. Now, if you add that out by how much per pound did the moon rock and soil cost, is costly, right? But anyone dig up any moon rocks lately? Not the point, really, is it? 
What I found very interesting, and what is the point, is during the Apollo space, space missions to the moon, the spacecraft was off course on all these missions over 90% of the time. Isn't that crazy? The spa- now, think about it. You're shooting out a trajectory. You can go in a zillion different directions to go try and hit. The moon is relatively big, but space is a lot bigger than that, isn't it? If you're off a little bit, it's not good. Well, hey, you guys are only off one degree. You'll end up out there in nowhere land. We'll see you. Did you write your will before you left? And by the way, they all did. But so what happened? It was only through continual communication with mission control that they were able to make the necessary corrections and ended up where they were supposed to be. So what? In our journey through life, we're off course most of the time. We're off course most of the time. And if you're not, God bless you. But in our journey through life, we're off many, many times because we don't understand that God may do something like happened to Johnny in our lives, may come our way, we think it's some other cause, some other way. We're not so open to God in such a way that we accept whatever he brings our way and use it for his glory. So in our course through life, we're off course so many times during our journey. What do we need? By staying in constant contact with God, we also can correct our course. You see? We also can do that. Because when you pray that prayer, that's a matter of will, a matter of belief, a matter of pride, a matter of forgiveness, and a matter of sin. When you get through the the, the different roadblocks in life and you're transparent and naked before God, God wants to give us course corrections. And it changes how we think about prayer because prayer doesn't necessarily change things for me. But prayer changes me for things. As pastors come forward right now, there may be something in your life that God has directed and told you that he's willing and wanting to change you Four things. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to hear a word from him? Whatever that is. Changing a major, a school. Changing a relationship. A job. A location. Praying a prayer of wills when you've been fighting God. Some of you may have a call to international missions or vocational Christian service. And you've been fighting it. Because someone believed you're supposed to be a doctor, lawyer, Indian chief, and God has said, no, I'm calling you to proclaim my gospel. And some of you need to be doing that overseas, and some need to be doing that here. If you've been fighting that, God may be saying to you today, stop it and give it to me. You will never have more of a productive life than when you give your life to me. Some may have a sin in their life of a lack of belief. Because we can become like the world. The world says, show me and I'll believe. God says, believe and I'll show you. We can become cynical in our faith. Just leave it and give it to God. 
Some may become so hard-hearted that pride sets in. I'm not asking anymore. Listen, God wants a compliant heart. Not looking for gold or silver, but he wants us not to cheat at solitaire and get rid of that pride. God's looking for a forgiving heart. God's a God of suffering. He was crushed for us. He says, let it go. Let it go. God's asking you to do that now. Let it go. And he wants us to come before him and that cherished place where we hide hate, envy, jealousy, our wish list of what we want. God said, if you cherish that in your heart, that means you don't cherish me. You make a little room for me in there, but I want you to cherish me. And I'll hear you. But you've got to get the right thing right. So what I'm asking today, if God's spoken truth to your heart, even before I say, please stand, come up and pray with one of these pastors or pray alone, college, students, junior high, middle school, whatever, adults, same thing. If you're looking for a church home, we have some folks who are going to present today as members. We'd like you to come forward as a candidate for membership. We're looking for people that seek to have God make them fit to serve in the kingdom. Change us for things. And if you don't know the love of Christ yet, listen carefully. If you forget everything I've said and miss this, you've missed everything. Jesus Christ loves you. God loves you. He came to this earth, went to the cross where he paid the penalty for our sin. He bled and died on a cross to take our punishment. Separated from the Father when our sin fell upon him, he rose from the tomb three days later and offers eternal life as a gift. We're not here to talk religion or Baptist or this church. We're here to say, you can find freedom and abundant life in Jesus. He will save you. He is the Savior of the world and the Lord of the world. You can receive him today. So stand now. Don't wait. Terry's here to lead us. Respond as God, the Holy Spirit, spoke into your heart today. I was lost. 